0: All right. Good morning. I'm Lance, pastor here at Falls Church. That's where you say good morning, Lance. Good morning. <laughs> All right. Maybe it's my old youth pastor um, uh, spirit, but um, I like it. I, I do like uh, to. Uh, you know, I want my messages to be engaging, but I want them to be. uh, uh Woven into everyday real life, you know, like that is the cool thing about the Christian journey is like these amazing supernatural (laughs) dynamics are real for us in our everyday life. And uh, so I was showering and uh, naked before the Lord. And uh, I don't I didn't want to tell you, but I, 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 I when I shower, I usually just go natural. And so I subtitled this message, Naked Before the Lord. And um, I'll tell you, when I put together these images, I paused for quite a little while before I did any kind of Google search. Uh, there are times when you are, when I'm creating PowerPoint where I've got to guard myself even you know, when I'm building these things. But, so I'm thankful to the Lord for his protection. But my first Bible camp experience was in the Black Hills, South Dakota, when I became a Christian as a teenager, went to the Assemblies of God, hosted a South Dakota youth camp. Where I'm going to talk about youth convent- youth conference coming up here uh, a little bit later, but youth camp was awesome. I went to South Dakota youth camp as a teenager for the first time. Uh, it's in a different spot than it is now. It's at Camp Kingship, Kinship now, right? It was in a different spot, but it was deep into the, the hills somewhere, and I remember thinking I'd, that I had heard of open-air preaching but I'd never heard of open-air showering before. You know, I was a city kid. We didn't do a lot of camping my family. My mom raised six kids by herself uh, in town. My, my mom didn't drive, so through high school, I, 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 uh, I, uh, the moment I was old enough to get a license, I bought my own little motorcycle so I'd have some transportation. Otherwise, I biked it where I had to go and hitchhiked uh, w- among friends, I mean, you know. So but I remember thinking I'd heard of open air preaching and this is pretty close to exactly the kind of shower It was about four times bigger than this. So it it was a it was all all the guys, you know, so It's bad enough to have gym style showering, you know where everyone showers in a giant room and uh, And I don't want to tell you what happened to the Marine Corps But in Bible camp, it was it was similar to this just a lot bigger and the The walls didn't even go down the ground like this and I just remember like showering and like Looking up, you know, it was such a vulnerable and awkward feeling. And I remember, honestly, I looked up into the sky and I was showering at Bible camp and I went. Hello, Lord, (laughs) you know, and I'd never done that before uh, in the open air uh, with no roof kind of shower, you know, kind of thing. It was pretty, pretty weird. But in my fridge currently are some of these uh, all natural fruit drink smoothies right naked and i have no problem with the power of the word naked to the pure all things are pu- you know all things are pure i just always worried about naming a product like this because i was a youth pastor and i worked with junior high and senior high guys and i was just like right away i heard somebody the first time buying like <laughs> let's get naked <laughs> you know and i was just like oh boy you know natural naked is natural but a grown man running around outside buck naked isn't an acceptable behavior in most places and that's why I titled this message naked before the lord because in a few minutes I'm going to be reading God's word according to Luke chapter 8 where Jesus is confronted by a naked guy who's demon possessed we live in a natural world we see We hear, we touch, we smell, and it has a powerful effect on us. And we live, though at the same time, in a spirit world. And even though most times we can't see it, it's real. That's what's fascinating when you read the Word of God, is that the Bible, as we read it, we see things that are seen on earth, and then we see unseen things in the spirit world intersecting with those that the natural of order th- of things we can prove and the unseen spirit world even though it might not be easily um, provable on a piece of paper it's very real but hard to explain and comprehend how both dimensions are operating at the same time i know i i remember a fellow pastor friend of mine and, and he was talking about church ministry and he said one of the things That I pray for is for the supernatural, miraculous power of God to manifest itself. And that's just a that's a uh, flowery way for a pastor to say, we want to see miracles. Okay, we want to see miracles because he said if people see the power of God, they will believe. But as we've been studying the life of Jesus and the work of Jesus, that's not true. They see the miracles They actually walk and talk and sit next to and and have conversations with the Lord Jesus himself. They see the miracles. They see him in the flesh. And yet they still do not believe many of them. And some are afraid and some of them oppose Jesus, even though he's the manifestation of God in spirit form, in physical form, merged together. The whole weird concept of God and man together. It's huge. And as we work our way through Luke chapter 8, we're going to come to a very interesting story about Jesus. He's in pagan country, and he's approached by this demon-possessed man. And here is a community of folks that had a local lunatic who continually escaped from maximum security, a notorious Hannibal Lecter of his day, a danger to the community, striking fear into so many. And as Jesus is passing by, this guy confronts him. This guy Jumps right in Jesus' face, naked before the Lord. Smile at your neighbor if you want, just because he said that in church. Luke chapter eight. They sailed to the region of Gergasanos, is how you say it in Hebrew, which is across from the lake from Galilee. I mean, uh, actually, that's Latin and a form of Aramaic. Excuse me. I don't stutter much or hesitate much, but verse 27, when Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but had lived in the tombs. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice. What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you not to torture me. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man and many times it had seized him. And though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and been driven by the demons into solitary places. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them. To go into the abyss. Notice he's confronted by one person, but it's a group of uh, what appears to be uh, a singular person. But plurality is speaking out in front of them that these demons recognize Jesus and who he is. And although a legion in Rome meant a thousand soldiers. A thousand demons are no match for Jesus, ma'am, can you control your children back there? <coughs> Just kidding. We love babies and crying babies is a sign of good health. <coughs> and uh, <coughs> you, you need to get you, if you're a parent, you have to get used to crying babies because when they're in junior high, man, they cry loud and <coughs> big and they want everything. <coughs> Although a legion in Rome meant a thousand, they're no match for Jesus. And all they can do is beg Jesus for a good relocation. They know what they're up against. They know from the moment. And I remember this guy who went to our church when I was a teenager. He uh, he went there for a little while, but he had done some crazy things. One time he attacked our pastor and pushed our pastor and and he fell backwards over a pew, our pastor. And he was kind of a large man, like, what, six, over six, three, six, was he six, two, six, three? But he was big guy. And um, and he never came back to our church, church again, but he would kind of come around the youth group at times and activities. And one time, um <coughs> it's a long story, but I got a, in a conversation with the girl he was in love with and... Um, And we talked for a while and he found out about it and we were just talking and he 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 came after me, threatened me, took took about three swings at me, by the way. But uh, I mean, I was floating like a butterfly. And uh, I I, I mean, seriously, I went like I was like, dude, chill, chill, chill. I'm not going to fight you, you know, and he took like three all out haymakers at me and uh, um, didn't lay a finger on me, by the way. I believe in miracles. <laughs> <coughs> but I was telling my friend about this, and I was like, uh, patting off. You know, I was like, Pat, man, I, I'm not afraid of the guy, but I don't want to fight the guy. I mean, I'm, I'm uh, you know, This he goes, You should be afraid of him. I go, Why? He goes, Those are demons taking swings at you. And I was like, Oh. Like I'd, I'd seen the exorcist. I'd seen, you know, Damon, Omen, six, six, six. You know, before I was a Christian, I I saw all those thrasher, you know, (laughs) I knew demons were powerful. And as a young Christian, I was kind of impressionable and I was kind of like, ooh, that's true. I should be scared, very scared, you know. But what he should have said to me is Lance. The next time you see him and he threatens you, take the authority in Jesus name, because even the devil is under our feet as believers in Jesus. Amen. Boom. I can't remember what evangelist it was, but he woke up once and there was a manifested demon in his bedpost. Right. And he went, oh, it's just you and rolled over, you know, (laughs) because we always think like in the night, like, oh, it would be terrible if we saw some kind of demonic thing. But Jesus Shows up and he's the demon slayer and has landed on the shores here and all the demons are on alert. A thousand to one and all they can do is beg Jesus for a good relocation program. We're all aware that a spiritual battle is waging around us, but sometimes we kind of doubt the demonic activity like we're trying to walk in balance like you know we don't want to see demons behind everything and like you know uh you know so we're kind of careful not to over exaggerate the supernatural things that are going around uh so so but w- but we probably more lean on the on taking what we see as what we see and not giving account. Once in a while people say like hey maybe we're under a spiritual attack here, you know, in a situation at my job or at our home and I, and I kind of go like, yeah, maybe I yeah, I should kind of process that, at least think this through, like, could this just be a demonic attack on, uh, on our family, or, or, or on our job, or on our church? I mean, uh, uh, but but we hesitate to do that because we want people to be accountable for their actions, don't we? Like, we don't really appreciate I mean, temptation makes sense, like, Devil's working on us and temptation. We understand, and but for someone to say like the devil made me do it, we don't have a lot of patience for that kind of that kind of thought. Like wh- like we can just blame the devil. Like that's a legitimate excuse. We don't know what series of decisions that this man who confronts Jesus uh, had made that had induced him and brought him to this point of such turmoil and torment. But spiritual attack is real. And when you feel heavy unseen opposition, don't be shocked. I mean, we're all at times having feelings, and I think they're stronger than moods. I think that, you know, we can at times feel like unseen forces are trying to discourage us, are trying to depress us, are trying to overwhelm us with anxiety, with fear and worry. And what this scripture makes clear is that there is demonic activity that can actually be seen have a physical earthly effect on people the scary movies that try to c- capture demonic power and 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 this frightening power when it's infused into the lives of a peaceful cul-de-sac is a repeating theme right the the scary movies the the uh, usually start where everything seems calm everything se- everything seems kind of normal matter of fact there's even a group of people who are overly and suspiciously super nice they must be up to something and when everything looks peaceful and quiet and everyone's completely normal just before eep, eep, Dun dun, 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 or one of my favorites Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> i'm not a scary person I- a scary movie person anymore but i was i remember freddy Cougar and halloween like 74 and halloween 75 and 76 Psycho and Texas Chainsaw and The Exorcist. I don't even know the new ones, but ones I've found I'm kind of clueless about because I looked uh, looked up a, just did a little search on 30 of the scariest movies of all time. Get Out. I don't know what that's about. Hush. Blair Witch. I thought that was something to do with the Vikings field goal kicker because that was I didn't that, <laughs> that was that was scary. I know from Minnesota. Uh, Candyman. I don't know what that is. It. What's this one, Babadook? Is that bad? Babadook. I don't know how to pronounce that. Here's another one, Squarabod Spong Pants. Oh, Square Bob Sponge Pants. Yeah, creepy. Creepy. (laughs) Doesn't that sound creepy? (sighs) Anybody seen that one? It is creepy, isn't it? Little underground guys. Yep kills your mind someone just asked me this week probably because it's Halloween this week can people really be possessed by demons is that real pastor Lance I said it's rare but I've seen them rip their shirts off paint their chest green and yellow and wear a giant cheese thing on their head it's very very real may say amen to that. That's a spirit all, right? <laughs> but there is no natural way to explain how someone goes into a synagogue and executes 11 worshipers at a at a Jewish synagogue or walks into a church Bible study in North Carolina and opens up the Bible and and then uh yeah, start shooting the Christians gathered there to pray and study. To me, this is evil working alongside a broken people. We see evil manifest all the time, and don't you, th- don't you think it would take demonic influence to slit someone's throat and cut their body into pieces and put it in your refrigerator in the basement, or to rape a b- rape a baby? I mean. Those are not natural things to think about, right? And God's word, and I know this part one is usually short and part two longer, but I kind of reversed them here. So I'll, I'll come back for just a few closing comments. But in God's word in Romans chapter one. Paul says that this depraved mind shamefully goes where no mind has gone before. Like when. When lost humanity partners with, with, uh, with Satan's agenda, you can create evil that no one's ever created before. Says they have been, become filled with every kind of wickedness and evil, greed and depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit and malice. They're gossips, slanderers. God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. And even worse than that, they disobey their parents. All the parents said, that's an invention, evil. Love your mom and dad. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love no mercy inventing ways of evil is demonic inspiration and to the believer the spirit of god can open your mind to amazing truths supernatural power creativity for good i don't want to focus just on the the negative but creativity for good that you never knew existed i've experienced it over and over and Thankfully, in, in my job, when I'm building things like God's constantly opening my mind up to new and creative things. For though we live in this world, we do not wage war as this world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And we demolish arguments of every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We don't walk in fear is what it's saying. Like, yeah, it's all out there and it's waging, but we're operating in the realm and the goodness of God's kingdom and and that his lordship is way above the, the lower realms of evil. That Satan is a copycat, dark underlord, helping the lost, driven by sinful desires to invent ways of evil. Because how can you explain the total depravity that we see on the news just when you thought you could not be shocked by people anymore you hear some new form some new warped form of torture of abuse of demonically inspired atrocity done by someone to some innocent person it's a serial killer of the month on our news flashes you would think when jesus arrives at the tomb of demons and turns a serially, a, a serial insane, dangerous sex offender, into a peaceful, dressed man of God, desiring to go into the ministry with Jesus, that the community would celebrate it. Ce-leb- what key you did, by the way? Can, is that a good one for celebrate Jesus? Can you give me an F? Celebrate Jesus! Celebrate! We used to do this one, and we all clap like this. Right? Celebrate Jesus! Celebrate! Yeah, yeah, over and over. Celebrate! You know, it was just this like you know, you song. We'd all celebrate Jesus, and you think like when all this stuff happened to this guy that they all knew was such a such a dark stain. Go back to your other song. I'm sorry. I didn't work that out very well. (laughs) I meant well. You'd think they would have celebrated, like, wow, look what the Lord has done. But they were captivated by fear because they already knew their own dark secrets. When asked about his belief in the devil, C.S. Lewis addressed the question, like few people can, you know, in a very thought provoking way. Lewis said this. Now, if by the, the devil you mean a power opposite to God and like God, self-existent and from all eternity, the answer is no. Lewis explained there is no uncreated thing except God himself. God has no opposite. there's no equal opposite power operating in the world. He said it this way. the proper question should you should be asking is whether I believe in devils, he said, and I do. He went on to explain how Satan has an angel, Satan was an angel and created by God and that the devil is more like the opposite of one of God's warring angels. In heaven, but he's no match for God, he's not an equal and opposing power of the goodness. And if you're on the Jesus squad and the forces of darkness are against you, it's not an even fight. This isn't a 50 50 thing, like oh, you better hang on, you better hope Jesus comes in to save you. No, because all of the demons of hell, the Bible says, are under our feet in the authority of Jesus. Jesus finds his pack of demons pushing this outcast into the cryptic tombs of death, decay, and chaos. And in one command, this guy is in peace and worshiping. Jesus asked him, what's your name? He said, Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him, and they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank bank into a, into the lake and was drowned. Joan and I drove in a bus through this area, and we know how some of the shoulders of that bus and where the waterfront, like if you fall off the those rocks and that, you are... You've you've right there, I mean, you've committed suicide. Okay. Never mind. Okay. But when the demons came out of the man, they went to the pigs and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what happened, they ran off and reported this to the town and the countrymen. And the people went out to see what happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found him, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. And when all the people of the region of Gergesnos asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So Jesus got into the boat and left. There was no celebrate, Jesus, celebrate. I just couldn't do it with Laura doing a different song, different beat in the back, okay? You're challenging my whiteness in that face. <laughs> but I got it. They were afraid. Overcome by fear, it says, according to verse 37. And when, when was Jesus a threat to their way of life? Most likely. But for their own good. Was Jesus a threat to their economy? Maybe he wasn't against the hog industry, but maybe. But if you operate your career in deceit and deception, for sure, if you operate under the abuse and oppression of others, which some of these, uh, you know, uh, you know, there was uh, forced slavery and and abuse. Yeah, this the work of Jesus is going to be a threat to your economy if you're running things under the table. And obviously, in this story, one man's life for a whole herd might not seem like a fair exchange. But what do you do? What would you do if it was your herd? What if it was your family business? Valuable sausage, pepperoni, brats, bacon. Yeah, too. But what if it was your fortune that was sacrificed for the life of one lunatic, crazy guy who broke the law over and over and over and over and deserved, probably deserved the death penalty and be toast a long time ago. And now you have to give what would be thousands, tens of thousands of dollars in today's economy. And what if you had to choose between God and money? Hello, you do. It's hard to speculate how all these components of the story apply to our lives, but it is plain to see that demonic activity and the unseen can be destructive to person, place, things. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him, but Jesus sent him away. He said, Lord, I want to go with you guys. I want to be one of your disciples, too. I I want I just want to go with you. I want to be with you guys. And Jesus instead said, return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away. (coughs) And told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Some uh, teachers of the Bible. Like to say that this guy was the first evangelist sent out by Jesus. This local menace running around buck naked, breaking free from every chain that the Roman soldiers could devise. And let me tell you, they had some warped, uh, cruel ways to to chain up and to torture their prisoners And he confronts Jesus and moments later, this Charles Manson crazy is transformed into a kind, gentle minister like me. Was there fear associated with the loss of their herd? Were they afraid of Jesus power over the evil in their own lives? Was there worry about what could happen to them if Jesus' spirit fell upon them? Paul said it this way. This is a prayer for us. He said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. He's talking about us as a church, as a as a as a group of people. I know we like to personalize this and make it us, but it's not. It, it's really it, it's it's crescendo is how he works through the church. And in. His incomparable great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength. He exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in The heavenly realms far above all rule and authority, power, dominion and every name that's invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way that this man had been able to break every chain the Roman engineers could design. But he was still carrying a heavy load, bound by the wicked forces of evil. And he appeared to have escaped the jail cell, but he was obviously still imprisoned. Is anyone warm, by the way? (laughs) The AC was on this morning, keeping the chapel at a brisk 63 degrees. So I went and switched it back to heat. But did I overdo it or am I just that hot? Thank you. Why is that funny to you? He appeared to have escaped the jail cell, but he was still imprisoned. Standing naked before a loving God who then clothes him in righteousness. Crimes against humanity stacked up against him with too many witnesses to count, too many offenses to justify his rehabilitation. His friends and family would have said, not again. He's, he's burned us over and over again. Don't, it, 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 it's not worth it. He doesn't deserve it, but in a flash All things become new. The sign of evil in a community, now peaceful, stable, minister of the gospel. And it may have been too much for them to process. What would that mean to us? Because probably many of them were proud, boastful, jealous, envious, full of deceit. Liars, cheaters, manipulators. Drawn away into their own lusts of the flesh, and they knew it. Because transformation is a scary proposition. What we represent here today is is, it's not easy believism, friends. We represent dying to yourself. Total surrender of your life. That's serious. To dedicate your life to someone else, that's huge. Will you stand with me? We walk in freedom in the midst of the dark underlord and all his little minions. We walk in freedom, not fear. Amen? And our response this morning should be, you know, sometimes simply there's, there's not a lot of action that needs to be taken. Sometimes it's, we're declaring the Lordship of Jesus and His power. And it's simply a thank you, God. It's simply being caught up in Him that He would, that He would choose us. Thank you, Lord, that you've freed us. Can you put that slide up, Jeff, for us? For my chains are are gone. I've been set free. I just want to sing that little part of this song, Amazing Grace. Gone. I've been set free, my God, my Savior, you ransom me, and like a flood, his mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. One more time, come on my chains are gone i've been set free my god my Savior, you'll ransom me and like a flood his mercy reigns unending love amazing grace. Can you just whisper thanks to the Lord all around this place right where you're at for his forgiveness, that he has blown apart those chains that bound you, uh, that that it's because of him. And, and maybe you're even feeling a little like you, you've been slowed up by the enemy, that you've been kind of sucked back into that world a little bit. Man, whisper the name of Jesus. He doesn't even have to show up today. He's so powerful. Just his name can bring freedom and release and deliverance. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Come on, everyone. In Jesus' name, one, two, three. Let's say in Jesus' name together. Ready? One, two, three. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord bless you. Thank you. What's that? You need okay. What do you need there, Melody? You're up to something there. Uh-huh. <laughs> As most of you know not, now know, October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and even though we tell them we appreciate them here and now, I'd like specifically today I ask people to bring cards so that Pastor Joan and Pastor Lance and Joan know how much we truly appreciate them. So here's from the church. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you to those who uh, lead worship and work with youth and um, work with kids and work in the tech booth. Their ministry is the same importance and same level as uh, mine. We're all one step under Joan. (laughs) Okay? And she's under the Lord, so we're safe. Thank you, though. I'm I'm blessed and honored to be a part. And. uh, Thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. For choosing us in these last great days that we get to represent you. Help us not to shrink back in the midst of darkness, but to walk in your goodness and to give you thanks for setting us free in Jesus name. And everyone said. Amen. God bless you. Smile at somebody. Take somebody out to lunch. Be kind and generous. God bless you.